0: Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, how's everyone doing? Christoph Trapp here, your host of the Business Storytelling Podcast. And of course, my latest book is coming out in early March going live, how to live stream your podcast to get even more reach out of it. And I, I'm telling you, I have found this to be such a wonderful strategy that I wrote my next book on the topic about 200 pages i'm still working on it still messing around with it the editor just sent me back a manuscript it's always funny to see how much stuff people didn't catch whether it's the written word or whether it's podcasting or whether it's powerpoints that's what we're going to talk about today as you know if you've seen me speak anywhere i'm not the biggest and in fact, I'm i helping, it's ongoing, so to speak, helping um, plan a conference. And the rule is no PowerPoint. So why are we talking about PowerPoints? Well, the reason we're talking about PowerPoints is because I ran across today's guest on Twitter. I think she said something interesting about the topic. I'm just changing the lower thirds here. If you're watching, if you're wondering why I'm not looking at you, that's why. Using Switcher Studio. If you want to check them out, live stream with switcherstudio.com. Trap 1 gets you the first month. Plays for PowerPoints. And what's interesting to me about PowerPoints today, there is some systems that some conference organizers use. They are horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible if you don't have a PowerPoint. I seriously. And so there's still room for PowerPoint, and we'll hear all the details from today's. Guest, Fiona Walsh. She's with Image Coaching, Imagine Coaching. And I think she's based in Ireland. We'll ask her about that when she comes on here. Let's get her out of the green room. Fiona, thanks for joining Hi.
1: us. Hi. Hi, Krista. Thanks for having me.
0: Ireland, correct?
1: Correct. She had- Yet would
0: love to go one of these days, but currently I'm not leaving this chair. Thank you, Cole. No.
1: Don't think anyone's going anywhere at the moment. But it's a lovely place. You'll have to come and visit sometime.
0: I I would love to, Uh, we'll we'll see how, you know, we all thought it was gonna end by April last year, then Mm -hmm. August last year, and here we are a year later. Still here, yeah. Still here, (laughs) right? So tell me about your interest and your expertise in PowerPoint. So most people that I run across, Mm -hmm. they don't like PowerPoint, like at all. And even when I Mm -hmm. design a beautiful looking PowerPoint and it's not just stock art and not just bullets, they, I, they, I'm still not convincing them that, that they love them, you know? So tell us about why, why is that happening and how do we get people to, to, to love PowerPoints? So I assume we have to create better ones. But you tell us.
1: I think the reason people don't like PowerPoint is because they've probably experienced death by PowerPoint where they've had a huge amount of text put on slides or they've had very little inter- interaction with the presenter. And I also think that people don't always use it very well. Because they're not using it as an aid to presenting, they're using it almost to hide behind. Um, and also, I think people may be using them too much like then you know when they're talking and they don't need to present, they can switch it off or put it on a blank screen rather than having it on all the time. it doesn't need to be. And I think that that probably uh, probably uh, makes people think that they don't like it or they don't like using it. But another another factor is uh, I think a lot of people don't know how to use it properly as well. There's a huge amount of features and a huge amount of things you can do with it that people aren't aware of. That's what I find when I'm uh, working with people or when I'm training people.
0: Yeah. And, and certainly that's very true for any technology, right? That we mm-hmm. don't know all the technology. The other thing that really, so I, you know, I'm a very, very black or white guy, like for mm-hmm. real. Like, you know, yeah. I either love something or I hate something. There's, there's very little gray area. I either love it or mm-hmm. I hate it. Yeah. Even though I've gotten better as I'm getting older. But what I loved about that statement is you are talking about people, they either use it and then they use it completely or they don't use it, but they can turn it off. And I don't Mm -hmm. think in my, I don't know, 20 years of looking at mostly boring PowerPoints, Mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen maybe two people who actually did that, who said, Mm -hmm. I got one slide. Let me show you the slide. And then they come Mm -hmm. back to the PowerPoint when they need it later, but they just turn it off. Most people they yeah. just have it up the whole time. I mean, that's just I yeah. mean, brilliant. Why
1: is yeah. that a problem? Yeah, yeah, it's funny. People probably don't know how to do that. Very simple. If you've got your presentation running, um, you can just press B for black and W for white, and that will uh, put a white or, or black screen up for you. It's very, very simple to do. You don't have to be fumbling around with your mouse or anything like that. Um, especially if, if we're on webinars now as well, because then it's going to bring you to the center so that you're speaking to your audience and your audience are looking at you as well, rather than looking at screen and having you as a tiny little icon in the corner. So definitely more relevant now. I think now we're all on webinars rather than uh, being in a, a room full of people. Like no, the good are old saying,
0: days. Are, are you <laughs> saying all I got to do is click the letter B and it goes to black. That's it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my goodness. I mean, no wonder nobody's doing that. Nobody knows that. This is it. I mean, this is it. I, I did. not I didn't know that. So that's fantastic. Okay. So let's dive in. Why? Like, I I mean, how do we create better PowerPoints? Now, sometimes it makes sense to me when I have to show something that's visual, Mm -hmm. like a workflow or something. I mean, like, total makes sense. But then I also got these people who come to me and they claim I need to use, um, uh, you know, a picture on every page and I got to pick the same old picture, the same blonde lady smiling at the mm-hmm. camera, even though she has nothing to do with anything. And she's been on 8,000 PowerPoints in the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, so so how do we get there? How do we like how do people start? How do you help them?
1: I think it depends on a number of factors. I would say, firstly, it depends on um, your audience. So who you're presenting to and what 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 do they want to see? What what are what are the people you're presenting to? I think it depends on you, the business as well. Um, For example, I have one client that I work with uh, as a solicitor. His branding is very black and white, literally just black and white. And the topic is quite serious. So for that particular person, it it is a a template. It's black and white and gray and it's bullet points. And and that works very well for that particular uh, business. Um, I think if you're working with something that was more fun, then obviously you could do pictures. You know, you could definitely make a little bit more uh, interesting by shaking it up a bit, depending on, on who the audience is. I don't know, let's say it's some kind of um, kids entertainment or something. Um, you know, you can make certainly make it more colorful. You can have it uh, a bit more, um, using a bit more animation, jazz it up a bit, make it a bit more fun. So I think that's definitely two things. Um, what your business is, what, what, what your, your business is, uh, who your audience is, and also what's the message that you're trying to get across as well.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting to that, too, is sometimes when you have people who are just um, like, you know, you look at the PowerPoint, but how long Mm -hmm. can I look at five bullet points or how long can I look at a picture? You know, so what's like the what's your and and then actually I saw I think it was Guy Yalive. I'm not sure if I'm saying his last name correctly, but he used to be at Twitter and he was at a conference where I was speaking. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure I had a PowerPoint, but he didn't have a power. He had a PowerPoint. But their rule is you stay on one slide for like eight seconds or something. So it's like super quick. Wow, that's which, a lot. Yeah. You know, it's like, like so instead of having an animation, I think they would just go to a new yeah. slide, for example. So how, yeah. like, how, do, how do I think about that? Um, you know, I, I mean, is that, or then you just click the B button, which I'm still amazed I didn't know that. Um,
1: yeah, but, I think that's probably yeah. your, your easiest thing to be doing these days. Um, like I say, especially when you're on a on a webinar for sure um i think it depends the content on the slide i mean i've always said less is more when it comes to powerpoint because you don't want to have huge paragraphs of text on the screen um because you're going to lose your audience Uh, your audience are going to be reading ahead of you and they're not going to be focusing on you and what you're saying And as we've just mentioned at the beginning of the webinar there powerpoint is an aid to you as the presenter it's not to replace you if you are putting all the information on the slide you wouldn't be standing there it'd be a white paper you know there's there's no point presenting then is there um i think when we're on webinars now there's definitely room for more content on the slides because people are looking directly at the screen whereas if we were in a conference environment where the screen is further away from us then obviously you know you, you wouldn't see all the detail on the slide so there's definitely a I think a shift now that we're mostly on webinars or we are at the moment because most of us have some form of lockdown um, and the content is right in front of us, there's definitely an opportunity to have more information on the slide. And as I talked about earlier in the context, you know, who your audience is, um, there's somebody that I um, love looking at their content on LinkedIn, uh, the lady's name is Sharon Connolly, and she's a change management specialist. So she's giving she she's works in corporate environment and she does training as well but when you look at her content it's she's got three minutes to deliver the content so it's one slide three minutes and it's very very detailed as to all the information that you would have on there because that's the audience you know she's, she's giving an update from a project management perspective and she's maybe got an overview of nine or ten different projects so it's very very detailed but it's just to capture all that information in a short period of time now if you were giving the content that she has on her slides, if you were giving that in a conference environment where you've got twelve hundred people sitting in a room, they wouldn't see any of it because it's too detailed. So I suppose that's a good example where I talk about the context as to who your audience is and what information you're trying to get across.
0: So of course we've all been um, virtual conferences or webinars or whatever mm. we want to call them now. Um, then we want to admit, right? In the last year, um, so the one <laughs> thing I was thinking about as you were talking is do like why does a webinar always need to be video on why you know so for example so we're doing it but we're mm-hmm. live yep. streaming to all yep. these different channels looks like people yep. are tuning in especially on amazon um mm-hmm. the the twitter goddess even shared it thanks samantha really appreciate that see that come through uh you know i've run across her many many years ago of course yeah she's very, right out there um sharing good content so but then what we're gonna do is we're gonna take this conversation and mm-hmm. we'll put it on the podcast channels so people can listen to it Yeah. So, you know why like why do we always need video when it comes to powerpoints couldn't it like be better right i mean is there a rule that you know of why people do that
1: so you mean if we were if we we're presenting if we're presenting uh, and not having the video on, do you mean just having the PowerPoint presenting showing, or do you mean just having audio and talking through?
0: Well, that's a good differentiator. So I I was thinking about, why don't you just have audio and people just talk like, so we're doing a podcast, but it's video Mm -hmm. right now, but then it goes to the podcast channels. But then the other one you mentioned too was, what if you only have the PowerPoint? And I've actually, uh, that's actually in the new book where I talk Mm -hmm. about the different types of just Um, because mm -hmm. i mean what if there's nothing to look at why do i need a powerpoint you know yeah so yeah let's let's dive in why is there a place and time for just having audio for some of these things even
1: there probably is um i would probably put it down to the fact or, or the um the impact of the different ways that people learn so the way that some people would learn better by Visual by seeing things, other people would learn better by doing things. There's four different categories, aren't there? It's audio, visual, um, doing things and um, watching it done and doing it yourself. I think it's the four different categories. So I would put it down to that. I'm certainly the kind of person that likes to see things. So I tend not to listen to audio podcasts. I would prefer to be watching video myself. Um, But I know that there's the four different ways that we learn. So perhaps that has an impact on it.
0: And i'm glad you mentioned that and that's one reason why i keep telling people you need to live stream your podcast i know that's my next Mm -hmm. book even if you don't buy it but at the end of the day yeah some people rather watch the video some people yeah even on amazon you know we're on amazon Mm -hmm. some people like to go shopping while they're watching people are tuning in there some people like to listen some people just kind of what the way i learn is i just have it Mm -hmm. on in the background you know i I hear bits and pieces um don't ask me to learn everything in in 45 minutes quite quite honestly mm. so um you know having the different mm-hmm. the different learning styles certainly is um something mm-hmm. that you might i think it's easy for people to forget because you know we're so we know how we ourselves learn so it's easy yep. to think that's how everybody else learns yeah
1: right? yeah everybody else does it the same way and yeah
0: so tell me about your journey into focusing on PowerPoint. How did that happen? What's like, yeah, you one day and say enough with this with these ugly PowerPoints. I'm going to fix it. Or
1: <laughs> no, not quite. Um, so I have a corporate background. Uh, I've worked in corporate environment for over 20 years for big multinationals, and I was working on an ERP system, introducing uh, an ERP system into an R&D center where I worked. That's an enterprise resource and planning system. And I was uh, chosen to represent um, the different areas of the business. And I was training people when they came in to the company then to use the system. So I started a training program and felt that I could do better. So I went off and did an IT teacher training diploma. And then after that, I did my Microsoft Office exams and got the um, Microsoft Master Instructor Certification. And then I started doing some internal training, and that was mostly PowerPoint and Outlook. And I was doing that for a number of years and then moved on to a different uh, corporate role. And I started my business at the end of 2019. So imagine coaching because I'm also a coach, an executive and life coach. And that's what I originally started. And then I was working with um, a client probably about April last year. And it was somebody who had just started a business himself. It was a hands-on business. They were therapists doing hands-on work. And they'd invested a lot of money in the business, hadn't really had many paid clients yet, hence came for coaching. And their biggest uh, barrier, I suppose, at the time was uh, that they had a webinar coming up and they didn't know how to use PowerPoint. So they had the PowerPoint program, didn't know how to use it. So I offered a session, said, well, actually, I'm a Microsoft Master Instructor, so I can help you there. So I did a session with them and got very good feedback and thought, "Hmm, perhaps there's other people out there that need to use PowerPoint because they're going online and they do want to demonstrate, you know, they do want to put some information across there rather than just having themselves talking. So I started running uh, a few classes and then I've been picking up clients um, just through, you know, sort of advertising the, the services that I offer. Um, so what I'm doing is, is training. I'm doing one-to-one training, so customized training for people, for small businesses mostly, SMEs. And uh, I also have a service where I will help you with a presentation. So I'll design a presentation for you, and then the third thing I'll do is create a template, so a branded template using um, your logo and color palette, so that you can then create your own, uh, you know, your own presentations, but using a branded template with Slide Master. So that that's what I'm doing uh, at the moment. But I'm I'm getting a lot of business, um, and it's funny because I have people contact me and they'll say things like, um, "Or oh, have you got any? You know, have you got any bandwidth taken on new clients?" And uh, there's some awful presentations out there. That's the kind of uh, response I'm getting from uh, from people.
0: <clears throat> I mean, yeah, there. I mean, that's great. Here, there's a there's a bunch of there's so many horrible presentations out there. It's just it's unbelievable. What's interesting, what I really appreciate, what you mentioned there is that you have different levels right so sometimes so for example i can't do everybody's live stream with them or for them right because think Mm -hmm. about it if i got 40 hours in the week you know i could at at most you know do like i don't know 30 live streams maybe that's kind Mm -hmm. of pushing it you know as a producer and then some myself Mm -hmm. but you know so i'm i'm also trying to teach people but it sounds like Mm -hmm. you're also helping people. You're teaching them and if they need help so for example i don't if i need a powerpoint i can put it together to start Mm -hmm. but i can't make it look good
1: yeah yeah so that's where i come in because people would have maybe a half finished presentation and it's just not polished it doesn't look professional so one of the things i would do is go through the presentation it might be things like you know they've got different fonts running through the presentation they've got different colors for the texts and it it's just no consistency. So that's one of the things I'd be doing. I'd be almost, um, I suppose, a bit of proofreading, just checking that there's some consistency there and that everything flows nicely. Um, there might be a different animation on one slide to another slide uh, and just you know, pointing those out and tidying those the things up for people. So it's not necessarily always a presentation from scratch. It could be a presentation that's sort of half finished but just isn't looking right. And people aren't happy with the fact that it's not professional and it's not quite polished. So that, that's quite a bit of the work that I'm doing, just sort of finishing them off and uh, making them look that bit better. But I'm also helping people with the setup for the presentation. So not so much like how to use Zoom, but, but maybe how to present on Zoom. So, for example, if they've got two screens that they can use the presenter view in PowerPoint, where you'd have your notes on one screen and you've got your presentation on the second screen, but setting that up so that they're looking at the right screen basically, you know, so that they're not looking at the notes that are over on that screen, (laughs) that they're looking at the notes on this screen where the camera is. So it's just going through things like that with people as well, because I'm finding a lot of people aren't aware of, they either haven't heard of the presenter view, or they're not sure they can swap the screens over. And it's just getting that that last bit of detail right, so that they can uh, look good when they do their webinar, and they can look like they're, you know, talking to their audience rather than doing this which I see quite a lot people are there chatting away and they're, they're actually looking at the screen and, and not at their camera. So it's right. just those little extra bits there.
0: Yeah, They had not heard about presenter view. I mean, it's, it's true. You know, I, I run yeah. across new functionalities on all kinds of things yeah. all the time. I'm like, Oh, look at this, it does mm-hmm. that. Or like the, on the iPhone, even, you know, all the different yeah. fine, uh, you can take a picture while you're shooting yeah. video at the same time. Uh, I didn't yeah. know that it's unbelievable. So, <laughs> Um I just finished the the going live book as I mentioned already but my editor uh, as she went through she um updated some of the consistency so for example you know I was writing and writing and of course you miss things as you're looking yep. at it 5000 yeah. times yeah but she actually <laughs> fixed um the headlines so everything is now in the same format yep. same font size same yep. font you know sometimes there was different <laughs> fonts that stuck in there and I think some people notice that, but some people won't notice it. So how important is, is, are those things in the big picture? Sounds like you're leaning towards that they are very important, right?
1: I think for me they are, yeah. Um, for me it's a sense of how professional you are. If, if you're presenting something or there's a document there, um, I, I would always notice those things. But, I, I, yeah, I see your point that not everybody does. <laughs> but I'm one of those people that does notice everything. <laughs>
0: and, and the problem is you don't really know who does or who doesn't notice those things right and if it isn't these yeah. decision makers so yeah. if you're pitching somewhere or let's say yeah. you're talking at a conference and that's and yeah. they like your stuff and they might want to work with yeah. you or whatever the reason is you're yeah
1: speaking. and that i did um i think it was a managing within the law training program once and we were given three cvs to look at and we were i think it was there was Uh, there was a lot, there was extra information on the CV. So for example, um, it was saying that one of them was um, a a woman with a young family looking to return to work. So they gave you extra information to see if you'd be be, be swayed by the information you were given, thinking things like perhaps that person might not be as flexible as somebody else because they're a young family. And it it was that, you know, context. So I picked out of the three, I said, this is the one that I wouldn't choose to interview. And I was asked why. And I said, because as a CV and the role was for an executive PA and the person doing the training course said oh where's the spelling mistake and I said here look it's not manager it's manger and they hit that that was a mistake so that wasn't supposed to be in the CV so I picked that up and said that's why I wouldn't interview that person because it's an executive PA position and if there's a mistake there in, in a CV that's th- and that was actually a valid reason for not interviewing somebody but I guess that's uh that's an example and that wasn't that spelling mistake wasn't there on purpose it was an accident it shouldn't have been there.
0: And, of course, everybody knows my opinions on typos, and they do happen, but mm. in things like, like that, especially right. a relatively short resume, you know, you yeah. have somebody read yep. it. Um, mm. And then, of course, um, spell check is also a good tool. Even though mm. I tell you this funny story is um, my entire book had red squiggly lines under the word, the word live stream, because <laughs> I added live stream one word but Mm -hmm. the dictionary wanted it to be hyphenated, Now, or two words. Now, we decided AP style. The book is Mm -hmm. AP style, so it's indeed one word, and I had to add it to the dictionary. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, absolutely, people do do see that. Um, Mm -hmm. So when you put a PowerPoint together, what have you Mm -hmm. learned? What have you seen as we're doing them virtually? What's different about the PowerPoint world as everything is virtual, as opposed to, mm-hmm. um, you know, offline. I mean, I remember when I'm speaking mm-hmm. at a conference. You know, even if I have a PowerPoint, people can yeah. still see me. I'm still running around. I'm talking to people. Mm-hmm. That's yep. different, right? When it's online. What What have we seen?
1: I had one client come to me who was looking for a presentation update. And interesting, you saying that actually, they had a audio effect on the animation on a couple of slides so if this was in a big conference room or a meeting room i think they were they were doing sort of training with about um 20 to 30 people so if the audio would have come on when they had um you know in that meeting room environment you would have heard it but you probably wouldn't have noticed it and now they're online and every time they clicked for a new bullet point or or something to come up on the screen there was this uh sound and that was very very obvious then to the audience and she didn't know how it had come onto the presentation, but also didn't know how to get, off, get it off. And she'd actually asked numerous, numerous people, and nobody knew how to remove it. So I realised what that was straight away, and was able to say, ah, that's um, it's basically a, an animation effect, and we can just remove that quite quickly. So I think audio needs to be toned down. Okay, so I'm not saying you shouldn't use it, but you know, it's like say if you've got a video or you know you're, you're trying to play something, but then it's fine to use it. But I just think it needs to be toned down. So I wouldn't have it, say, on animation effects or anything like that. I also think um, transitions from one slide to another, I would keep those quite simple because I think that can be quite distracting if they're very fancy transitions. Um, In the same way animation, I think the animation needs to be toned down a little bit because again it can be very distracting if things are flying around the the screen quite a lot. Um, I was talking about this with somebody recently as well and they said they were on a presentation, it was one slide or one slide through most of the presentation, a bit like you were saying there, uh, Christophe. And it was, I suppose it was like a little gif that was just moving constantly. And uh, she said it was driving a mat <laughs> just on the screen the whole time. So that's another thing. I, I wouldn't go for anything too, um, you know, too flashy moving around because the screen's very close to you. It's right in front of you. And I think then it can be quite distracting. On the other hand, though, I think something we can play around with more is color because if you're in a um, conference environment, you're usually presenting onto um, a projector screen. Obviously there's monitors, but the monitors tend to be smaller. So if it's a large conference room, it's a projector screen. And I would always have um, recommended not experimenting with color too much, and maybe using like uh, a paler background with darker text, because you never know what the contrast of the color is gonna be like on that type of background. But now that we're on monitors, we can experiment with color a lot more because people are seeing what we're seeing. And so I think there's definitely an opportunity there to experiment more and have uh, more interesting presentations with more color.
0: Yeah. So and of course, when it comes to multimedia, I mean, that is a very true. Like I've seen people try to play um, videos, you know, on their monitor and it sounded horrible on my end. Uh, So if you're going to do something like that, use a tool like Switcher Studio, which you can use to just live stream your presentation. Yeah. So, but but I have noticed that as well. The other thing, mm-hmm. what tips do you have? So I, when I use a PowerPoint, you know, I kind of sometimes forget what's coming up, right? So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. in the midst of things, I'm talking, yep. I'm talking and I'm on one slide and I'm talking about two slides down the road. Yeah. And then when I get to that slide, I go, oh my goodness, I already said that, or I just kind of ignored and uh, say something <laughs> quick. <laughs> you know, what, what tips do you have on that? How, how do we? Is that common, or is that just me because I'm getting old and forgets?
1: Do you use the presenter view when you're presenting?
0: Well, so it's been it's been a while. If if you do <laughs> present, a <laughs> uh, PowerPoint. So I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um, what was the last conference? So the last. So no, the last conference I did not do the presenter, or maybe I did. I don't remember, but mm. I did run the PowerPoint um and i don't know if it happened or i was only like 12 slides to begin with um yeah but yeah so maybe that's the answer huh
1: yeah so for those of you that don't know what the presenter view is uh where you have two monitors you can have your presentation on the one screen it's kind of what i was just talking about a few minutes ago but the other screen the screen that you're looking at with your camera on you have an overview of the screen that you currently have up for the audience to see you have any of the notes from the notes section below that you can type in and then you have the next couple of slides coming up and it also gives you a summary of the time you've been presenting for so if you are under a time constraint you can see how you're doing from the time perspective as well and I did have somebody interestingly enough comment once and they said I don't use the presenter view because the notes are too small you can actually just get your mouse and drag the boxes up so you have you know one box here with your um, the the slide in, then you've got your notes here and you've got your other slides down the screen. You can just drag that to whatever size you want if that doesn't work for you in the standard view. So it's very easy to use um, and I find that's very good then for knowing what's what you've got coming up, what your next slide is and the slide after that.
0: Certainly interesting. Um, Some of these things really come back to technology, right? Didn't know how to Mm -hmm. make it bigger. Um, I'm not sure. I've used notes. I mean, I haven't used Mm. notes in years. Um, And typically, it's because I know what I want to talk about, or I think I know what I want to talk about, or I go through it. And Mm. actually, this is a question I want to ask you, too. So I create a PowerPoint. And let's say I send it to my boss or whomever has to review it. Mm -hmm. And I know what Mm -hmm. I'm going to say. But they don't know what I'm going to say. Right? Yeah, they just see the PowerPoint. And sometimes they go, well, this powerpoint is not good but they don't know what i'm going to say they don't really know yeah. whether it's good or bad or anything yeah so how do we um when you send powerpoints that are that can't stand on their own um mm. how, how do you kind of maneuver through that
1: yeah that's a good point i mean for me i guess that would be an example of a good powerpoint because the whole point is you shouldn't know what it's going to be by looking at it you know to I me mean? as we said it's an aid to presentation yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, so it probably would be a case of uh having a little mini, mini meeting and just going through this is what we're going to talk about, or this is what I'm going to talk about at the time. Um if all the information is on the slide, why you're presenting it in the first place, you might as well have a white paper instead or an ebook or something, you know.
0: You might as well create an ebook instead of a PowerPoint. <laughs> I mean that's that's I'm gonna use that one of these days. Uh, very few <laughs> though, if if you yeah. don't need to look at the presentation. But what's interesting to me. Um so I use SlideShare every time I do a PowerPoint mm-hmm. and I upload my PowerPoints on there and mm-hmm. I mean there's been tens of thousands of views which is interesting because as I said mm-hmm. some of these PowerPoints you don't even know what I'm talking about until you hear me <laughs> talk about it so yeah. there are people who look at them on their own yeah.
1: time Yeah mm-hmm. Yeah Yeah like maybe questions? Go ahead maybe they're just well not not just but maybe they're looking at it's for content. Uh,
0: yeah, good point, though. Yeah. And, and see if they can learn something. I, I do that too. Actually. Yeah, browsing.
1: Yeah, looking at designs, when, maybe, you know, looking at how they how they come across sure. looking for ideas.
0: Whenever I have, whenever I see a conference that says the 12 steps to do whatever, I mm-hmm. just want to look at their PowerPoint. Um, usually that does the trick. I mean, not always depending on how it's designed, but you want to yeah remind people how do they work with you how do they know that they want to work with you and how do they connect with you
1: how do you know you want to work with me that's good that's a good one um, I would say if you have a presentation that you are need to deliver in, in the future and you're working away on your PowerPoint presentation and it's not looking as professional and as polished as you want and you're starting to get a little bit stressed that's when you that's when you need to come and work with me um, and how you work with me you'll find me on LinkedIn. Uh, if you search for uh, uh or send me a message.
0: Fantastic. It was my pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for sharing all these tips. And hopefully, I i mean, not hopefully, but, you know, I'll try to remember them and do a better job with my, my PowerPoint, which definitely need um, some improvement, as some people I'm sure would attest to. Thanks again, Fiona, for joining us. <laughs> really appreciate it.
1: Thanks very much. Thanks for having me.
0: You bet. Thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.